I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Listen, I heard about someone who used to do this, who would steal snacks from people's cubicles at work when they were away from their desk, especially when they were like Girl Scout cookies or something, because it made her feel powerful, especially when her co-workers were pissed off at her. It gave her a sense of control. Hi, it's Rachel Bella, and I'm Suzanne Mushin, and you're listening to The Big Payoff Podcast. So summer is pretty much over, Suzanne. I can smell it in the air. And I don't even remember the vacation we took. It was four months ago. And we recorded that two-part episode called Rethinking the Vacation, where we went to the spa. And we were so proud of ourselves. We were so relaxed and happy. It's gone. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it is completely gone. I don't even remember the feeling that that voice I had indicated I must have felt. And here we are facing the fall. And I don't know how we're going to handle this, Suzanne. I don't I really don't know what to do. So about that it. that's what this show is about. Oh, so okay. <laughs> good. I'm so relieved and surprised, Rachel. <laughs> um, today, we're going to talk about how to handle your stress. Because All of us have gotten the message that the way to handle stress is to check out, is to do some form of self-soothing, self-medicating, and check out. But we have an entirely different take on that because that is temporary. It doesn't work. It doesn't sustain itself. So today we're going to talk about how to manage your stress in a much more productive way. Right. How to take control of your stress instead of being the victim and then checking out. But you know what? Listen, if you feel completely on top of your game and you're sleeping like a baby and your attitude towards the coming onslaught of fall is like, bring it on. I am so ready. Then I actually feel like I hate you. Right. Well, that's one thing. We hate you. But also, you just might want to skip this episode. But the rest of you, you need to listen like your life depends on it because it actually does. Every single thing in my life right now I feel is contributing to my high blood pressure and – Which you just, really have. I actually do yeah. really have. And and it's like, well, no wonder. It's – everything is in hyperdrive. First of all, 
the president, no matter what side you're on, is creating a kind of hysteria in the news cycle that's like everything is breaking news. I can't get to my phone's pings fast enough to see, like, do we still have a democracy? Is the sky falling? And every fucking thing is breaking news. Everything is breaking news. Yes. And now, wait a minute. I have to do something about our democracy? No, it's like call your congressman, do that. So it's like that's coming in. Then the f- whole flash sale thing, you know, oh, the summer w- has sale. become yeah. – it's like on my computer all day long. Yeah. You have 25 minutes to get these pair of shoes that you have in your outbox. You left them there on Outnet. Go get them now. Yeah. So that's happening. And just je- – and then the, you know, texting, the expectation, I got to say, of texting – which I at first loved is if you don't answer my text in twenty seconds, yeah. you you know then you get a message going. What's wrong? Are you right. okay? It feels like we've just completely lost control over time, over our own ability to control our our actions in the course of a given hour because we're constantly responding to things. So this is, I think, what we all tend to do. I know it's what I do. And when I do it, I'm deeply unhappy, actually, is when I feel that stressed out, I check out. So I find some way to temporarily soothe myself in that moment. Do you masturbate? (laughs) In that moment? Not usually in the middle of the day, like (laughs) if I'm, you know, at work and and at a meeting. Um, But I do find ways Usually for me, it's through eating something sweet. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why I've joked on this sh- on this podcast before about always having chocolate in my purse. Yeah. That's probably why I go to my chocolate as a form of just temporary relief from the pain. I, I do have to admit, I know you do this, too. That I will start online shopping even oh, when yeah. I even when I'm telling myself that I am not going to actually press complete purchase. Yeah. The act of just g- I'm removing myself and going to an environment that's purely about something else. It's a form of checking out. And everything we're conditioned to believe about stress is get away from it. Get away from it. Run away. People do all sorts of things to self-medicate. Listen, I heard about someone who used to do this, who would steal snacks from people's cubicles at work when they were away from their desk especially when they were like Girl Scout cookies or something, because it made her feel powerful, especially when her coworkers were pissed off at her. It gave her a sense of control. And oh, she, sure. That's and why she people shoplift. Those mints. Oh, the Thin Mints? Yeah. Yeah, that's crack. Yeah. Do you shoplift? No, but mm-hmm. I understand that people do it in order to feel a momentary right. sense of control. Exactly. People do crazy things. There's also this whole idea of the mental health day. I, you know, for me, Mental Health Day is like Black History Month or this is the month for women. It's like, I'm sorry. Since when do we have to have just one day? This is the day for mental health. The rest of the days you can be batshit crazy, but this is mental health I've day. always said the minute they give you a month, you're screwed. Right. As a whatever species right. or gender. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I the whole idea of mental health day and again that underscores the idea that you need to get away from your normal life to this one day that's called mental health and then go back 
to the crazy time. As if one day is going to help you. You'll feel better that day. You'll feel awesome. And then you're going to go right back into the fray. And that's what we're saying is that this way of checking out, it just doesn't It doesn't work. work. And you know what? I have literally, and you know this, I've stopped having glasses of wine at the, in the evening completely. I've just completely stopped it because... It didn't actually – I needed it for stress, quote, stress relief at yeah. the end of the day, like, oh, I get to look forward to this, yeah. right? But it actually didn't because it it was really like banging myself over the head with something. And then you wake up in the morning and you go, okay, fine, but I'm back here in this stressful situation. It I didn't actually do anything that changed the situation. Yeah. I just removed myself for a couple of hours. Um, I will self-medicate if I am feeling just overwhelmed in general. And what I'll do is find bloopers. So I'll go online and look for old episodes of Seinfeld bloopers. I'll look for uh, blooper reels from old Jim Carrey and Will Ferrell movies from the 90s. And look for blooper shows of Saturday Night Live and just watch those over and over again until I start to feel better. So the bottom line here, Suzanne, is whether you are running away, checking out, running into a bag of cookies, which you could do, you're small enough, you could actually do that, um, or, a, or you know, diving into a glass of wine, it, it's all the same thing. You are basically ceding control to some other thing to manage your stress and When we come back, we're going to give you a completely different way of dealing with this, and it puts you in charge, and it helps you avoid all that stress in the first place. If you are interested in hearing about how to take back control of stress and telling stress it is not the boss of you, then just keep listening. Yes, no. To shifting your whole mindset and your behavior here is realizing that the sustainable way to relieve stress is to check in, is to go into the place where you can regain control of your life because everything feels urgency. There's this urgency of everything going on, and that creates this time factor that feels like a train that you cannot jump onto. Right. And it starts from the moment you wake up, which is why, Suzanne, we started our new thing. This has been life-changing for me. My mornings felt so out of control. And this has been a 20-year yeah. or more a single mantra, which is, I need a morning routine. Just like we've said, yep. we need a, a work uniform. Yep. Okay. There's something elusive about the morning routine because there's a million things that can get in the way of it. And you can make up anything you want. My kids need breakfast, go to school. All of that I've realized are those are excuses yep. for not creating, given all of that, for claiming. not claiming some kind of morning that works for you. Because it's a way of basically setting the clock yourself. Yes. Now, you cannot have my 
early morning because the world will come and rush at me for the rest of the day and try to take yeah. take me from me, but you can't have my morning. So we established this. We, well, you established it for me, but here was the key to it. I, it did mean waking up earlier. Yeah. So I and I had been telling myself a story for years that I had to have eight hours of sleep. But now I'm realizing I can I'd prefer the seven hours of sleep, which actually doesn't affect me as much as I've told myself that it does, because the one hour that I gain back, that's me time. Yeah. Is replenishing. Is replenishing. Exactly. So here's what we do. This is what Rachel told me to do. And it helps so much. So I wake up usually six o'clock, six fifteen. I allow myself the 15 minutes to just get up, get, you know, teeth brushed, the basics of just getting out of bed. But then instead of doing any number of crazy things like going out for a run, checking your email, checking my email, checking social media, I go into the kitchen. For me, I make myself a a matcha green tea latte Mm -hmm. or just a quick Nespresso. And I sit down and I read the paper. Or I do it on my iPad, but I just read. I read for 45 minutes and I have my coffee. And by that point, I'm already so much calmer. You know why? Because you have basically signaled to the world, you can't get at me here. And it sets the habit for the day of saying, no, I will tell you what my attention will be on and for how long and when I can deliver to you something you want. Right. You are not the boss of me time. So then I go work out. And also just this quick flip of the routine of not – because when you get out of bed and your mind is telling you, now I got to go work out, it's a – you're already exhausted. Right. Your workout is in charge of you. Your workout's in charge of you. But after I've had my me time – I want it. I want it. Now I'm ready to go work out. Exactly. Then I take a quick shower and then we start our day. Right. And my day is – now here's an important thing about starting your day a little earlier because it really does involve starting a little earlier so you get a little bit of wedge time. You actually have a moment before you normally wake up by the alarm where you would naturally wake up. And it takes a while to learn when that is. I actually know what mine is. Mine is 618. So if I had (laughs) gone 610, it would have gotten me right in the middle of a deep dream and I would have been like rah, rah. So I've I've played around with it and it's 618. So I wake up at 618. Then I do the same thing you do. I go – I make myself an an espresso, a cappuccino and then I go downstairs and I get my paper and then I read my paper and I take a full 45 minutes for that. Yeah, I said I do too. Yeah. These are just – this is our way of doing it. Yeah. You can do it but I think the important thing here is – have a morning routine for you. For you, grab back whatever amount of time you can. Get up a little bit earlier. It changes everything. I, I think. This you know, Suzanne, it just occurs to me. You know how fascinated we've been about the that ish that page in Bizarre magazine that has oh, yeah. people's routines twenty four hours, twenty four hours, yeah. right in a circle. It's like porn. Yes. And and it's because we've been voyeurs of other people's routines instead yeah. of doing it ourselves. Yeah. I think the other thing that we've learned that helps check in is when you're feeling that kind of time speeding up and everything feels really fast, as opposed to going right to the checkout place, uh, whatever your habit is, instead at least take some kind of a self-inventory and ask yourself, Hold on. 
what is actually flipping me out right now? Is it uh, the boss breathing down my neck for a deadline? Is it the alerts going off on my phone? Is it a conversation that I just had with someone that upset me? Taking that moment to check in and ask yourself allows you to better match whatever the solve is to the actual thing that's stressing you out. We had Ann Kramer on our show a while back, um, and she was talking about crying in the office Mm -hmm. and when you're getting that feeling that you're about to cry. And she had this universal solve that I think works here, too, which is she said, just for even if you don't yet know what you need to do for yourself to calm down, go just get up from your desk and go grab a cup of water. Yeah. She said the physical act of just getting up, moving your body, and just going to get water will reset. And it signals you, I'm sorry to be like a broken record, but it's like signals you that you're in charge of you, that yeah. you are in charge, that whatever's triggering you isn't in charge. Oh, my gosh. When I need to self-medicate, I like to put my brain elsewhere by either listening to audiobooks or podcasts on my phone or playing words with friends. So at work, I take every single chance I get to do this. When I'm walking to the bathroom, I take the long way. When I'm making my coffee in the morning, when I'm starting up my computer, anytime I don't need to think, my brain is elsewhere. So, Rachel, I'm curious to hear your opinion about these places popping up all over. Well, there's one here in Chicago called Chill, which is a beautiful space, and it says that it is for meditation, massage, raw organic juice, and thoughtful things. Um, And I know they're all over New York. What do you think of that whole idea that there are these places to go to, quote, check in? Well, I've sort of mixed feeling about it. On the one hand, it's a it's a very good signal that we are recognizing that we have to, you know, step into ourselves to uh, change, you know, take control over over the stress of our lives. It recognizes that we're stressed for one thing, and it creates sort of silent space to do that. Uh, on the other hand, you don't really need to pay for a pod to go check in, you can literally do that by yourself in the subway or in a closet, anywhere, sitting at your desk. It just gives a weird monetized signal that, you know, yet again, 
in this society, we have to pay in order to do something that actually is at your fingertips all the time. I, yeah, I'm tempted to go because you meditate regularly. It's a natural part of your life. I think for me, this would be like a gateway. I think if I went there and yeah. started doing it there, that yeah. I might find that experience so amazing and then maybe take it home. Yeah. Um, but I do think that it's just a fascinating thing that we've gotten to the point in our society where these are. Yeah. And people, of course, in offices have meditation rooms and all the rest. But I mean, it's, I think, like a, it's like you've got bars on the one hand on one right. corner that says, right. here, check out this way, go get drunk yeah. or check in this way. Yeah. Uh, pretty clear, which is better. Let's get to the takeaways of this conversation, Suzanne, because I need to be reminded of yep. what the hell we've been talking about. So I'll name one takeaway that I got from this conversation. I think the big takeaway for me is, number one, recognize the difference between escaping your stress and reclaiming the sources of it, reclaiming the power over your stress. That's the big headline is the world is not in charge of you. You are not the victim of stress. You need to change. Yeah. The second takeaway is time is yours to use in ways throughout the day, throughout your week, throughout your month, in ways that help you check in. That this whole idea of a, you know, mental health day or the quick, you know, 30-minute manicure that's your your time, find time. Find time. It's there and use it well. Right. You should have an undershirt printed under everything you wear that says, it's always me time. Excellent piece of advice. If we sold that swag like on our show, I feel like it would sell out. Yeah. Yeah. Big payoff swag. It's always me time. The third takeaway really is that once you recognize that you need to take back control, you need to lay down the law and lay down some routines and rules for yourself, not just first thing in the morning as we discussed, but all day long. Lay down your boundaries, your rules that are meaningful to you, that will make a huge difference to you, and you'll discover they don't make a big difference to somebody else. So you can say, rather than deliver that tonight, I think I'm going to be giving that to you first thing in the morning. Right? Huge for you. It means you've reclaimed your evening. Yep. That's what we've got. We'll be back to the big payoff next week. So I just stare at the stain on the wall where the TV been, but ever since we've moved in, it's been empty. If you like what you heard, you can find us at bigpayoffradio.com on iTunes on the ACAST app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please, please rate and review us. It matters. You know, Rach, we should have talked about what happened to us in August. We totally fucked ourselves. We completely did. And, you know, remember how we lectured to each other? We were going to take back August and there were going to be no, it's no No meeting. And we had an official announcement to our project manager and to our scheduler. No meetings. No meetings. Yeah, look at the goddamn calendar. And so now it's August 14th. Right. Well, here's what we did. (laughs) You're in town for meetings. I know, but, but we didn't. 
Oh, I was just about to say oh, we God, didn't have we, any meetings. No, yeah. we, we completely gave in. Now, we can blame ourselves, but here's what I am proud of us. So once we realized how badly we did this month, we said to ourselves, so what can we do? Because I can't live with myself if knowing we just, yeah, that we just completely yeah. plowed over the fact that we were supposed to have this month off. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to try and we're going to talk about it with Stephanie tomorrow to implement this idea that every six weeks we have yeah. a one week meeting free week. OK, but isn't that I a think version of the mental health day? No, I think it's about saying to ourselves, oh, okay. it's a routine and it's and a rule. routine. Laying down the law. Five yeah, yeah. weeks of meetings, six weeks, yep. no meetings. Yep. Five weeks on. That's one what week my trainer off. always said has to happen when you're working out. You take a week off every six weeks. Really? Yep. I've never done that in my life. Oh, he says that's what that's what actually makes huh. uh, uh, okay. muscle. Right. Let's see if we can pull that off, right? Okay. All right. 